0: Today we are going to be obviously doing communion, and to prepare for that, we're going to be in Romans chapter 1. So if you want want to turn to Romans 1, I'm not very good at that water challenge, that catching thing, but uh, if you're using the Bibles you grabbed on the way in, it's page 937. 937, otherwise, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, all right? And we'll have the verses up here also. But with Romans 1, we've been looking at why the world desperately needs the gospel, and the title for today is the Fall of Rome and the USA. Romans 1, 26 to twenty seven. And if you haven't been here for the steps, uh, go back and listen because they each build on the one before that. But we've gone through two steps, so we're on the third one today. And I mentioned that title because I was uh, have a little article here. The Gibbon. In 1787, Gibbon completed his notable work, The Decline and Fall of the Roman Empire. Anybody read that? Anybody read that? Where's Michael? Michael, you didn't read that? Where's my Mikey? All right, I'm counting on you, Mike. All right. And this is what he accounted for, the fall of the Roman Empire. He said, number one, the rapid increase of divorce, the undermining of the dignity and sanctity of the home, which is the basis of human society. Number last week? Number two, higher and higher taxes and the spending of public monies for free bread and circuses for the populace. Number three, the mad craze for pleasure, sports becoming every year more exciting and more brutal. Wow. Number four, the building of gigantic armaments when the real enemy was within, the, de- the, de- the decadence of the people. Number five, the last one, the decay of religion. Faith fading into mere form, losing touch with life and becoming impotent to warn and guide the people. This was not USA Today. This was the fall of the Roman Empire. Does it remind us of anything? That's why I titled this The Fall of Rome and the USA. We've been looking at the steps to judgment in Romans 1. There's one more step. Hang in there because we get to Romans 2 and we're going to go a different direction. But uh, we've got to hit this. We've been looking at the steps to judgment and how it applies to the world, to countries, specifically our country, to uh, individual lives and to the church, to the churches and denominations. And we've been... Uh, hitting, I'm gonna, We are hitting them, them all, but I'm especially applying it to the USA Today and our individual lives. That's the way I've been applying that, okay? Now, we saw the spiritual fall was step number one, which led to a moral free fall. So the, the spiritual fall led to a moral free fall, which started with the sexual immorality, and we're going to see this intensify today. Let's pray before I read the scripture. Father, once again, we just thank you for the worship. We thank you for each person who is here or watching or listening, whenever that is. And, Lord, we just pray that your Holy Spirit would help us with our own personal struggles. And, and also, Lord, that you would touch the church and that there could be some impact on our society still, Lord. We know that as the Roman Empire fell, the church grew stronger and stronger, and we pray that same thing would happen. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, so step number one, just a quick review. Step number one, they rejected God, and their minds and hearts were darkened. Remember that? Then step number two was the sexual immorality. All right, we saw that last time. And now we come to step number three. Step number three. Uh, We, uh, oh, just read it. Uh, Verses 26 and 27 Because of this, God gave them over to shameful lusts. Even their women exchanged natural relations for unnatural ones. In the same way, the men also abandoned natural relations with women and were inflamed with lust for one another. Men committed committed indecent acts with other men and received in themselves a due penalty for their perversion. Step number three, we saw one, rejected God. Number two, sexual immorality, and then then the next step is homosexual sin. Now, remember we talked about how in 1962 God was removed from the schools, right? Supreme Court decisions. Then we saw what followed. That was the 60s and 70s, the sexual revolution with all the devastating results. We talked about that, connected all the dots last time. And then step number three in the United States followed just as God said it would. Just as he said, we can trace this. In 1973, the American Psychiatric Association decided, voted, made the decision that homosexuality was no longer a mental illness. Before 1973, homosexuality was considered a mental illness. Now, they can rule whatever they want, but the Bible still says it's a very serious sin. All sexual sin is very, very serious, including homosexuality. They, they made this decision, the psychiatrists made this decision under intense pressure. They were bullied into it. In fact, even now, there are many psychiatrists who still consider it a mental illness. And, but they, and I, 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 they can, just can't t- say it. I know of the, these people. And they cannot say it because they know they would be attacked And terrorized for for saying that. Uh, After that decision with the American Psychiatric Association through the the 1980s through the uh, 1990s, homosexuality began to be normalized by the media, by Hollywood, in our culture, and then finally in 2003, uh, it was legalized in every state. That's right. It's hard for those who are younger to remember this, but it was not legal in every state until 2003. It was actually a crime. Uh, And then finally in 2015, we jumped off the cliff when it was ruled that you could have homosexual marriage. Homosexual marriage. That was a Trojan horse. The lie was we just want to be protected. We just want to be, you know, know, if, if we're in the hospital, we want our significant other to be able to visit me in the hospital and when I die I want to be able to leave the money to them it was that. and and half of the i'm going to say half of the homosexual community really w- had that hope and that view they they just wanted to be left alone live and let live and so but but that's the quiet half the truth is the other half the radical half was their goal was a hostile takeover they wanted to upend Christianity, they wanted to upend the family, destroy what we see as the family. They wanted to anything Christian they wanted to completely go against anything Christian. I remember when we started this church and remember all of our friends that were visiting with their signs and, and threats uh, and the policemen were trying to you know keep them from disrupting our service. Some of you remember that they told me what they were going to do we 're going to put people like you in jail we 're going to destroy. Everything that's Christian in this country. They, they, they threaten that. And I tried to warn many pastors, and they didn't believe me. They said, oh, you're overreacting, Chuck. That could never happen in America. This is the United States, Christian nation. Here we are. Here we are. Has the USA taken step three? Definitely. Definitely. And this is a flashing light. This is God's judgment. We're steps to wrath. This is a flashing light, God's judgment. We are not going to be judged for homosexuality. This is God's judgment. Step three is step two was God's judgment. Step three is God's judgment, uh, and this this is a picture of God's judgment on our country. This week, the White House celebrated. I don't know if you've been following the news. If you've followed the White House at all, they uh, they had lesbian lesbian visibility week this week, <clears throat> and they declared at the White House that Biden is the most pro LGBTQI. XYZ president in history, the most pro homosexual president in history. And they're right, they're right. It's it's everywhere now. The media, TV, movies. You can't watch anything anymore, right? Kids shows. Oh my goodness, the kids shows. Disney shoving it down the throats. Uh, you know, I don't ever want to go there again. Uh, the schools are now doing indoctrination. The schools have indoctrination. They don't do education anymore. It's indoctrination. That's what they're doing. Uh, in our local kindergarten, right down the road, uh, one of the moms came to me last year, year and said, You're not, you won't believe what uh, my kindergartner came home, and they were painting rainbow pride flags in kindergarten. This is what's happening in the schools. It's no longer about education, it's indoctrination. And the goal of this whole movement, and it's demonic. The whole thing, all, all sin is demonic, but especially these steps to wrath. Wait till we see next week, it gets more demonic. But the goal is to sow confusion at a very young age. They want to create pansexual kids. Pansexual means sex with anybody and everybody, doesn't matter what gender, what, what are their identification, anybody and everybody. They want pansexual kids now, and they want genderless kids, because both things are about Christianity. They want to totally reject anything in the Bible, and that's what they want to create, these pansexual, genderless kids. And, and it's heartbreaking to see the effect of this radical movement, this militant movement. Uh for years, the LGBTQ community, the homosexual community, was about 1% to 2%. For many, I mean, that's just been a steady number for the last 100 years, 1% to 2%. But now Generation Z, now 20% of Generation Z identifies as LGBTQ. I keep forgetting all those. They keep adding the letters LGBTQI now. Uh, it, it's now twenty percent for Generation Z. That is a that is the goal. And there's so many victims of this this militant lie, this demonic agenda. It's important to di- dif- dif- differentiate the victims from the perpetrators. It's very important. Very very important. The. The, the radicals, the perpetrators, their goal is to sexualize kids. They want to convert them. And my ministry with, in, with the homosexual community here, I've been involved with lots of different people, and, and they've showed me lots of different websites. And one of the websites they sh- I was led to, to look at what was going on, uh, was a website that was aiming at reaching the kids. And I'm not going to go into detail what is in this website. I could barely stomach a couple minutes of it. But let me tell you, you can find what they want to do very easily. And, and it's, it's, it's shocking. It's so sick, I can't even repeat it. They want to warp every child in America. They want to warp them. And it, it's unbelievable. They say it, right, openly. They admit it openly. Now, that's the the perpetrators, the radicals, but there are victims of this, and and that's why we have to separate the perpetrators, the the radicals, from the victims. There's always been victims with homosexuality. Uh, Victims, I call them the the ones who are vulnerable because what has happened to them? Lots of people, even when it was one to two percent, there were many vulnerable and still are many people who are vulnerable. If you've never read, uh, we have two really good books on the shelf there. One is Homosexuality and the Politics of Truth. It's not a political book. It just talks about what has happened with homosexuality in America. Written by a Jewish man 25 years ago now. Really good. And the other one is An Ounce of Prevention. Really, really good for every parent to read. I want to encourage you on that. That's no longer in print. We have them here. You can get them online, used online. they pressured that out of print. Uh, Also Harvest USA has just wonderful resources constantly with their magazines and their websites. They do so many great, great articles on that. But there are many people who are vulnerable because what has happened to them. One of the main things is sexual abuse. Uh, Lots of women end up in this because they've been abused and they said no man will ever touch me again. That's a common theme as we've ministered to the women. And lots of men are homosexual because they were sexually abused. And it it created so much confusion and and messed them up. It just caused all kinds of problems. Because if you shoot endorphins to the brain with anything, it's going to cause issues. And uh, not everybody who's sexually abused ends up homosexual. But uh, about half uh, half will end up that way because of it. Uh, They will fall into that lifestyle. And um, also many men end up that way because of they've been rejected by their father. It's not necessarily a father that they never knew, but a father that is in their life that has rejected them. And they, that, they search for that affirmation, the father figure, and then it becomes eroticized when they become teenagers, and then they go down dangerous paths. That, so many of the men that I've ministered to in New Hope, every one of them has had a father who has rejected them, every single one of the guys I talk to. Uh, it 's powerful, powerful, and we 've had people come and share testimonies about this Some of you who 've been here long enough know have heard all this before um, but But now, in addition to those victims the, the victim victims are exploding because children are being sexualized at such a young age. children can 't process sexuality. <laughs> They're you know kindergartners and ten year olds and they, they can't even process sex and, and they're 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 being forced to do that and and it's it's creating so much uh, the pornography that soft porn hard porn everything permeating our society but but kids are into pornography at such a young age it is it is fracturing their brains I don't know if you saw in the news this past week there was a a playground incident I don't even remember what state it was in but but there was a, a group of boys that had Grabbed a girl on the playground. They was they were young. They were under ten, I believe. They were just really young, and they took the girl and they, during the playtime, they forced her on the playground to do some sex acts on them. And they got caught, and it blew up. and And the the teacher was like, "These kids are animals. We're raising a whole generation of animals now." But that's what we're doing. That is what we're doing because you can't have pornography. You know, we're always. After the people who act out on their porno- on the pornography, we hammer, you know, people, you know, for sexual acts and pedophilia and, and you know rape or whatever. But the pornography is the thing that should be prosecuted because that's what is sickening our society. It's sickening it. And, and you add to that those victims of, of pornography and all that's sick in their minds. You add to that to the schools. And now the schools are adding to it. Sex education way too young. Kindergarten and up. It's crazy. And it's perverted sexual sex education. And, and <clears throat> you know, there's how many, gen- you know, 12 genders are being taught over here at the, at the local school. It's crazy. And the media <clears throat> on top of that is dominated by homosexuals and their agenda. It, the kids' movies <clears throat> are unbelievable, and I, I started seeing this years ago when our kids were little. I was like, Kim, we're not watching this movie. I can see they're trying to push something here. They just sneak it in, and sure enough, one of the main writers from kids' movies, I can't remember which one it was. It was Disney type of thing, and they said... <clears throat> the guy admitted. He goes, Yes, I've been doing this for years. He finally said, I have an agenda. I want to soften children up for homosexuality. And that's what I'm putting into the movie. And he showed all the things. I'm like, I knew it. I knew it. You know, all this sick. Things, But they just they just soften the kids up. I'm very careful what I let the kids watch now. It's crazy. They want to sow the seeds. And then and now with teenagers and even adolescents, they they try to the the new thing is you need to understand who you really are. So you have to watch gay sex. You have to watch gay sex. And if you have any reaction emotionally or physically, you are gay. That's how you're going to find out. You have to watch that, and, and you're gay. And listen, once again, if you shoot endorphins to the brain with anything, you're going, to, you're going to create something. I know I've seen people you know, wanting to have sex relations with their teddy bears. I mean, it's crazy stuff. I, I've, pets with their pets. Because if you shoot endorphins to the brain with anything, you're going to create a reaction. It's powerful. It's powerful, the endorphins. And it's, it's crazy to, to tell children this. And I hate to even talk about this, but this is what's happening. And and it's sick to even tell children. What if, what if the teachers were saying, you know, this, they're saying this in schools. What if they said, I want you to try uh, drugs. I'm bringing in pot brownies, and if you have any reaction to it, you're you should use drugs, you know. Or come on out, we're gonna go on a hike and take look for the magic mushrooms, you know. And and if you have any reaction to that, you know, you know, thank you, Aaron Rodgers, you know, uh, you know, football, you know, if you have any reaction to that, then 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 you you're a drug addict. You are gonna have to stay in the fields and look for mushrooms the rest of your life. I mean, it's crazy, right? It's horrible. And it's vital that we battle for our children, for our kids, that we protect them, that we help them process this stuff, that we help them with confusion. Because, hey, listen, sexual confusion is normal for a teenager. All kinds of sexual confusion. Not just this one, but all kinds. It's normal. We have to help our kids work through those things. We have to teach them to fight sexual temptation. They're surrounded by pornography and all that comes with it. We have to teach them to fight the lies that are being told. We we can't ignore the vulnerable. There there's vulnerable children that they're vulnerable for lots of different reasons. We have to recognize that and help them with with their vulnerable. And that's where uh, the ounce of prevention is just a great book. I've read it 10 times. The ounce of prevention really good read it give it to any parent you know it, it it's really really important because it's vital that we battle for all of our kids all of our kids you know we school boards uh you know there's a uh, this whole organization called hope for pa i just was at their meeting the other day they're battling for the school boards in the area i know a new hope community church some of you remember uh an nhs new hope solbury high school we fought that battle many many times i you know now sadly i, I think they've crossed the line i don't it, they've stepped off of a cliff but there's still many other school boards, Central Bucks and all, that are still in play. They, we have to fight for those, and those who are from those school districts get, uh, get involved in these battles because we want to protect all kids from the lies. And if necessary, get your kids out of the schools. Get your, you know what we're doing with our kids. We've had enough. Had enough. Uh, there's Christian schools. There's homeschool. There's lots of different ways to do schooling. Uh, we have to protect our children. Now, it doesn't look good for the United States today. We've clearly taken this third step. It reminds me of what happened in Rome. Did you know in Rome, uh, we all hear about how decadent Rome was, but at one time, homosexuality was unknown in Rome. Did you know that? Completely unknown. It was considered bad in Rome. But the the Roman culture heard about the Greeks and how, how wise the Greeks were and how smart they were, and they started to hire the Greek teachers to come in and teach their young men, to tutor them, to educate them, because they were so smart. And they brought them in, and if <clears throat> you know anything about the Greek culture at that time, if you've ever read Plato, uh, Plato openly talks about little boys he's having sex with, you know, and you know, Socrates and all of them. They, they were They were completely... Demented. And so they brought these tutors in and they seduced the young boys. And they created a whole new culture in Rome where almost every man had a wife and children and he had a little boy. That became what Rome became. That's what it was like. And Remember the, old, the whole society, remember the old thing about, remember the old lie we were born that way? Well, here's a, there was nobody born that way. now everybody's born that way, all right? And the Greeks, they won't even admit they ever had homosexuality in their history because they're completely against it now, and they're like, we never, that's not true. That never happened. Plato never did that, you know, because they all were now not now very rare. The whole born thing's a lie. We can be vulnerable, but we, we are not born gay. That was a lie. Now they don't even tell it anymore. Now they just tell everybody everybody's gay. You're just going to be whatever you want. They don't tell that lie anymore. I'm not sure if this country can be saved. But individuals definitely can be saved, can definitely be transformed. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. We can be saved by putting our faith in Jesus Christ. I don't know if the country can be saved, but people can be saved. Everyone who's listening to this can be saved. Many of us from New Hope Community Church are from all kinds of sexual, sinful lives, right? Many sinful lifestyles, homosexuality included. Uh, We've seen many people, uh, all of us can uh, attest to our own sinful lives, right? But we've been saved, and we've been transformed. We're not perfect, but we're progressing, right? And that's why we must speak the truth in love to individuals, we have to speak the truth in love, just like Paul says in Ephesians 4, 15, speaking the truth in love. Speak the truth in love. That's So many Christians and so many churches have caved in on this issue. I use that term loosely, churches, Christians, right? Uh, they've caved in, or or they become so careful they won't talk about it. They won't talk about it. We must speak the truth in love love, and it has to be okay to talk about in a church. We have to be transparent. It's okay. We've had lots of people share their struggles up here about all kinds of different things, including homosexuality. It should be no big deal in a church because we have to help these people, these people. We have to help ourselves. We're a, we're a nation of sexual broken people. We're sexually broken, just like Rome. We all need help. Whatever our sexual struggles, we all need God's grace. Paul spoke the truth in love in the Roman world, and he said this very thing in 1 Corinthians 6 9 to 11, which I hope you have memorized by now. Do you not know that the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor male prostitutes, nor homosexual offenders, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And that is what some of you were. But you are washed. You are sanctified. You are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. If if you are struggling with sexual temptation, especially today we're talking about homosexual temptation, if you're confused, which is normal, there's lots of confusion, especially with all the sowing that they're doing and all the confusion they're trying to generate, Talk. To someone, talk to your parents, talk to your youth pastor. We got youth youth pastors here. Talk to your a Christian counselor. Talk to me. I'll connect you with someone. We have lots of people in the church that have gone through that struggle and can help you walk through that. But that could be that anything. Even if you've acted on homosexual temptation, that still can be what you were. Don't believe the lie that oh, if you've done this or thought this, that's what you are. You if you think this way, that's what you are. If you have any temptation, that's what you are. That is a lie. For any temptation, that's a lie. Does that mean I got to keep taking drugs because I'm tempted? Right? I mean, it's a lie. It can be what you were. It can be what you were. Every sin, it can be what we were. Don't believe the lie that's what we are because won't we, won't you, that you have to stay in it because Jesus Christ can set us free. It can be what we were. We There's the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the power of the cross that we're celebrating communion today, the cross of Jesus Christ, that we can be washed, washed clean by the blood of Jesus. We can be justified just as if I never sinned in God's sight. Doesn't matter what we've done, what we thought, what we thought about doing, it just as if I never sinned. That's that's what we we that's what we can have. And also I left out the middle one on purpose. Sanctified. Sanctified by the Holy Spirit. That is instant. It happens the moment you put your faith in Jesus, and then sanctification. Even though it's positional, it's practically it's a lifelong battle. The rest of our life, we we are fighting the life, the battle of sanctification. We still can be tempted in all kinds of things. Doesn't mean that's what we are. That's what we were. But we keep fighting by the power of the Holy Spirit, and and we we progressively reach for our sanctification. That we're set apart in Jesus Christ. That we're holy in Jesus Christ. But you're going to need help for this. Specifically with with homosexual temptation, listen, it's strong. All sexual temptation is strong. You're going to need help. That's why we have purity groups. And that's, you know, we have a purity group. And and that's why we have uh, Harvest USA, you know, which is local, Philly, you know, we encourage lots of people to connect with them, go to the meetings, do it on Zoom, read their stuff. You know, you know Parents, too, they have a wonderful uh, support for parents whose kids are struggling with this. They, they do a great job coaching us as parents. But I want to encourage you to share your struggles. It is no big deal here at New Hope Community Church. Not anything. We don't even blink. A lot of churches are terrified to talk about homosexuality. We don't even blink. Because it's just another sexual struggle. We all have some kind of struggle in our life, and they're all equally serious in God's sight. But God's grace, mercy and grace is there for all of us, whatever our battle is, whatever our struggle is. No matter what we've done, it can be what we were. We all need God's mercy and grace daily, and that's what communion is all about. We're going to be celebrating communion now. It's a reminder that we need God's mercy and grace. Communion is a reminder of what Jesus did for us on the cross. It's a reminder that he saved us because we put our faith in what he did on that cross. He died on that cross to pay for our sin. He died on that cross to wash away our sin. And he came back from the dead to show he's going to give us a brand new life. He has the power to give us a new life. No matter what, it can be what we were what we were. And it's a reminder how much we need Jesus because even though we're saved and even though we're sanctified, we still need Jesus on a daily basis. We need that communion with him. We, now we have to live by faith, living by faith. We're saved by faith, and then we have to live by that same faith. And this is a reminder of that very thing. What, what it is, the bread, the bread, it represents the body of Jesus that he gave on the cross. The, the cup represents the blood of Jesus, which he shed on the cross and washed us with, and it's a reminder of that. Uh, it, it's it, how we take it. Normally we have a table, but we get, well, next time, now we're getting back into the groove, back into the building. Next time there'll be a table, but you should be already grab the cup if you want it. Uh, and if you didn't get one yet during the, the singing time, I will have a time you can just go up and grab a cup. Uh, this is there's no pressure to take the Lord's Supper. This is between you and God. We don't watch, we don't record it. We don't. No, it's between you and God. Uh, sometimes we're just not ready on a given Sunday. We just need another you know, month to get ready. Uh, but but I'll I'll say this. The re- two reasons why I say you shouldn't take the Lord's Supper. One is if you haven't put your faith in Jesus yet. You haven't taken that step of faith yet wait. It's okay, wait. But hey, this is a great time to do it. <laughs> Put your faith in Jesus and take communion. The second is if there's a sin in our life that we won't surrender to Jesus. Not that we're perfect, but we, there's something in our life you say, no God, you can't have it. I got this one locked away and I'm not, I'm not repenting of that. Then, then it's better not to take the Lord's Supper in an unworthy way. But if you're willing to release, you're willing to come to the throne of grace for mercy and grace this morning. Not that you're, we all struggle, we all struggle, but say, God, I, I ask you to forgive me and help me, mercy and grace. I hope everybody takes that step this morning. Let's pray. how is the Holy Spirit speaking to us? Maybe you've never put your faith in Jesus yet. You believe in him and you know about him, but you've never surrendered your life and put your faith in Jesus, what he did on that cross for us. Put our trust in him. Given your life to him. You've never taken that step, but you can do that Now. Right between you and God, a prayer from your heart to God's heart, you can do that now. You can begin to commune with God on a regular basis now. Is the Holy Spirit pulling you to take that step? Now, we do it in our heart, but I always encourage people to pray a prayer in your head, out loud, however you want to pray it. The simple but powerful prayer of faith. God, I ask you to forgive me. For everything in my life That goes against your word Every sin in my life Please forgive me Because I'm repenting I'm turning away From that old life Those old sins Forgive me I'm putting my faith in Jesus. His death on the cross. His resurrection from the dead. I put my faith in Jesus. I give my life to him. you have put your faith in Jesus then you have just been washed sanctified and justified you can now commune with God the Father anytime through his son Jesus you can talk to him anytime I want to encourage you to let someone know you've taken that step of faith. Maybe you're here with a family member or a friend or you know someone at school or at work that is a Christian or tell me on the way out or let, let somebody know so we could encourage you in your new life in Christ. For those of us who are already Christians, how's the Holy Spirit speaking to us? What in our life is breaking communion, is blocking our fellowship? Not our relationship, but our fellowship. What do we need to surrender? What do we need to repent of? What do we need to confess? to God and maybe even somebody else to gain that victory. Father, I pray for every one of us, Lord, we get hit with lies all the time, constantly bombarded with lies. I pray that we would hold to the truth of your word, the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ, That we would know, I pray that every person here and who's listening, watching, they would know the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we would see sanctification, whatever our struggle is, Lord. We would see sanctification, progressive, powerful sanctification. I pray that in Jesus' name.